0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Jadu COVID-19 Community Podcast. This is episode 7 in a series where we bring you insights, stories and experiences from those at the forefront of digital services, particularly in local government during the COVID-19 pandemic. Today we feature the London Borough of Newham, which went live with a new site on the 22nd of April, which was during the very height of COVID-19, well, at least the outbreak in the UK. On this podcast, Ikram Hack, who is a digital business partner at the council, talked to us about pressing ahead and getting the new site live during a difficult time and how content migration had to be reprioritized somewhat to ensure vital information was getting out there quickly. We also look back to pre-COVID times when the council undertook extensive user testing, getting out and about and uh, testing with real users and using eye tracking to get granular with design choices. I start by asking Ikram about the strategy for getting content live on the new site and about how it had to change when COVID-19 hit.
1: Our website... Um in terms of kind of content and the actual design of, of the website, etc., cetera, it, it was quite dated. Um, so in terms of our content, um, our ambition was to review, rewrite all our content as we were moving it on. So so not not just a kind of redesigned website, but also kind of refreshed content. Um, and we kind of had two, two sub teams within our content team. Um, so we had a couple of content um, Editors who were looking at reviewing content and rewriting content, and then we had the migrations. We had a couple of people doing migration, um, and that was kind of working quite well uh, until you know, because of COVID pressures. So, priorities changed, we realized that a lot of the services, um, so for example, our education services, there was a massive impact on schools, and therefore priorities for various services changed, and we, you know, they couldn't focus on rewriting and reviewing the content. Um, so yeah, definitely had a massive impact, I, I would say, on us uh, in terms of um, our strategy. It started creating a few delays in terms of our migration. Um, and we had a kind of checkpoint uh in probably march early march um and we decided that actually what we're going to do is just migrate content as is um we'd Discussed it with our CMTs, all our corporate directors, etc., etc. Um, and although we wanted to review and rewrite all content before we went live, I think the priority was actually let's get live. Um, there was a number of features which the new website offered us, um, which were kind of seen as more priority than rewriting the content Um, so what we'd agreed with them was we would rewrite content as it was because if it was already published then it was good enough to be published Um, and then shortly after go live so literally the two weeks following go live we then um, met back with um, services who hadn't reviewed or rewritten their content um, and then carried out that um, rewrite So I guess, you know, um, huge impact, but where we then kind of focused on our uh, migration, everyone then just focused on migrating and we were able to catch up with some of those delays as well.
0: You you mentioned um, the importance of going ahead with making the website live. Um, Was there ever any thought about delaying the go live of the website or was that still very much we need to do this? especially amidst uh, everything that's going on
1: yeah so uh you know at one point we were we kind of we were thinking about that um and i guess what we realized was you know the covid situation isn't going away and people's priorities to deal with covid related issues isn't going away anytime soon and we could have delayed it for another two weeks but it wouldn't have meant that services would have you know suddenly after the 22nd of goal you know 22nd of april once we've gone live um they would have suddenly had time to review their content so what we decided was well actually you know let's just stick to our um, deadline and then after the deadline when services are available Um, you know it meant there wasn't a pressure on them to get things or turn things around as quickly Uh, we were we were able to kind of then review content at their pace.
0: And so could you tell tell us a little bit um, about the COVID-19 related information so you've had to the stuff that would have come through presumably from central government um, but also updates regarding anything you know locally that residents might be interested that you've had to get up quickly on um newm.gov as it's been made available and whether the new cms has helped you do it more efficiently than was would have perhaps been possible previously
1: yeah definitely i think um you know we'd already started uh a kind of update section on our previous site um pre-go live and it was a bit difficult to maintain and um yeah, I think we'd, we'd looked at other councils who were using the Jadu um, platform and, and actually, you know, there was quite a good model there. Um, so in terms of our content we've got three key types of information so updates about our services so you know changing waste collection services or changes to libraries and community centers etc we had information which was relevant to our residents so you know changes in free school meals vouchers etc we've um, set up um, what's called the Help New In Programme um, and that's a programme of delivering support to residents who are kind of quite vulnerable, so um, food packs etc um, and then information about um, all relevant to businesses really, so information about business rates, application for financial support etc. Um, so what this allowed us to do was um, create a specific section, a category on COVID, um, Store all that information on there, and then within service pages, um, we then created alerts which would redirect to that COVID um, category and to the relevant information. Um, what that meant was we weren't then actually changing the kind of core content, um, you know in terms of say, for example, if there was changes to our waste collection service, rather than making those changes within the waste collection pages, we'd, we'd redirect to the COVID related waste page. Um, and that meant that once we do resume some of our services, there isn't a massive kind of overhead to go back and then start changing content and updating content again.
0: That's 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 really interesting, because one of the things we've been speaking about um, in previous episodes is the the need to rapidly deploy some of these things and getting services and updates out there. And therefore, whether sometimes actually there's going to be a point where councils have to go back and look at everything they've done with great speed to make sure that it matches up with what would be previously be the standards, particularly in like areas such as accessibility and, and whatnot. But it sounds like you've got quite a clever approach there whereby you've sort of anticipated that right
1: yeah yeah it just you know um we started kind of updating individual service pages and what we quickly realized was it's going to be a massive task to go back you know in in six months a year time or whenever it is and then update every single one of these pages again so we just thought you know what let's let's kind of use the tools that we have um you know the Jardu team quite um, helpfully created um, a HTML snippet for the redirect alerts, which we were able to um, embed within our information pages. Um, and that just meant that actually, if, if you're, you know, a lot of the traffic comes via Google or search engine, if you're taken directly to an information page, you know, there's still that alert there that says actually, you know, go onto our COVID section to find the latest information.
0: What I was hoping to uh, to go back to actually is a little bit of time before all of this uh, COVID-19 started, because I know when you were looking into the design of this that the, ca- the council carried out, well, extensive user testing during the design of the new site, including at the, the council offices, I believe, and also at the library, um, to get a proper understanding of how, you know, people wanted to interact with, with the council um, online. I was hoping you could uh, talk, talk a little bit around that, the work you did there.
1: Yeah, I think kind of, you know, resident focused services um, is kind of one of our key principles, um, not just within our digital strategy, but, you know, the strap line for our council is people at the heart of everything we do. Um, And we really kind of wanted to bring that out. And so for digital, you know, it's user-centered design, making sure that um, we're listening to the people that use our website because ultimately, you know, if they don't find it useful, they're not going to use the website. Um and it would just result in more calls to our contact center, etc Um and one of the kind of key drivers, I guess, for our, our um, you know, this project and our upgrade to the website was Voice of the Customer Survey that we carried out a couple of years ago. Um and and that kind of led to you know us reviewing our website, web platform and the design. And we wanted to continue that. Um, and we started off um, at the early stages um, we, we, we kind of held sessions within our libraries and um, we just showed people different websites and we kind of said Look, what type of website would you use what what are the features and, and um, you know we, we got a good understanding of what was important to our residents and um, you know we wanted to continue that throughout um, so at each phase of the design, um, process we made sure that we carried out testing with um, not only you know we, we we looked at libraries because there was there were a lot of older people that were uh, using kind of do it online or uh, courses or people that um, didn't have English as a first language who were, who were attending the do it online courses and you know it meant that we can kind of interact with um, that group of people. Um, But we also um, attended youth centres to engage with our young residents to understand what they use it for. So a lot of people um, use online or use the website on behalf of their parents and et cetera. Um, We'd also engage with people with accessibility needs arranged through our co-production service. And we just wanted to make sure that at every stage um, of the design, we actually took their feedback into into account. Um, We'd also um, engage with colleagues within the council because ultimately, it's their website that their services that they're trying to um, offer through the website. So it was important we engage them as well.
0: Brilliant. And and I understand one of the things you did as part of that testing um, was the was the eye tracking. And uh, and things got pretty, pretty granular. From from what I understand, there was there's an example of uh, how I believe you experimented with how people interact with a pay apply uh, report widget, and found that moving its posi- position ever so slightly on the homepage better attracted the gaze and led to a twenty percent uh, increase in residents interacting with it. And it's it's an incredible detailed approach, really, to the design. That one that I guess once once multiplied across design choices greatly greatly improves the overall user experience. And I was I was just hoping, really, you could talk a little bit about well that 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 really impressive level of uh, attention to detail. I guess.
1: Yeah, I think. Through some of our kind of high-level design research and engagement that we did with residents, what what we'd realised was it wasn't just about okay what you're using the website for, and it was kind of some of those, you know, detailed things that had a massive impact on people. Um, you know, we'd we'd looked at the analytics when we were designing um, or during the early stages of the design process, and, and, and it told us certain things. You know, an example, you know, we looked at the Pay Apply report, but another example is um, the A to Z. Um, so, you know, the analytics told us that the A to Z wasn't really used much compared to overall site traffic, um, and we'd kind of made an early decision that we won't use the a to z um, throughout that research um, or, or that engagement you know some of the people who aren't as digitally savvy if you want to call it that you know people don't always land on um, information pages or directly onto information pages via google a lot of a lot of our residents um, use the home page and what we you know through through kind of talking to them what we found out was actually the a to z was quite important to them because you know they're not too familiar with search functionality etc and we realized that actually you know it's it's some of that detail and actually once you multiply that detail across the amount of users that we have and the amount of people that you know are landing on our our home page then actually you know it's quite a big impact so yeah the focus was all all always around kind of yeah at a high level what the design would be but actually what's useful to our residents when they're using the site as well
0: yeah, because one thing with the with local authorities and councils, this, I guess, is a, a unique design element is that they have to serve and appeal to so many people. Right? It's not like uh, residents can go to a, I don't know a, a competitive council. It, you know, they've got this one place they go going, and you're, you're serving a, a really broad variety of people.
1: Yeah, exactly, uh, and kind of one of the projects that. Um, we're working through now is uh, migrating our uh, adult social care microsite back into the Jardu platform. So we had a separate um, microsite for our um, adult social care services, and again, you know, it's it's a completely different set of users with a um, set of user needs that we need to cater to as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's not just kind of one one specific type of user that's going to be using it, and we need to cater to that.
0: How has it been received the the new site since it's gone live? Has it been uh, well? I'm I'm mainly thinking as well from residents, but also I guess from people within the the, the council that that are actually you know operating the the back end. How has it been received so far?
1: Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, during the early stages, we had a few emails from. Um, our counsellors who you know one of our counsellors who um, received an inquiry from a resident and they were quite easily able to um, direct um, them onto the website but not only to direct them but actually they'd gone onto the website themselves and found out how to carry out um, what the resident needed um, so yeah we, we've received some good good feedback from residents from counsellors from colleagues as well so um, not just the website, but also the kind of back-end CMS. Um, we have a separate team who manage the um, content uh, during business as usual. Um, and they found it quite easy to, to you know, features such as updating news and events feeds, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, it's been positive.
0: In terms of content and who writes it, is it is it sort of a centralized approach you take? Or do services have uh, autonomy to, to write and publish their own stuff, or does do they send things to a team that to prove how does it how does it work
1: sure at the moment we we have a kind of central team who update uh, content on the website but the actual content is written um, by colleagues within the service and colleagues within our comms team so we have uh, comms officers that work with services um, to create the content and then and then we have a web team who then update that content. Um but I think as we um move forward and with kind of the the um I guess tools and flexibility that the Jardu platform offers us, we, you know, we are um planning to um actually allow, I wouldn't say allow, but I guess, you know, the platform allows us to have a more kind of localised approach. So, for example, with the adult social care microsite, um, moving over to um, the core website, we have um, CMS or editors within our adult social care team who will be then kind of managing that content going forward.
0: And how was that? um, I'm thinking when we were talking at the beginning of the conversation about when you sort of had to prioritise which services were being updated when COVID-19 originally hit. Did you have, uh, you know, different services needing to get different things up online and had to prioritise a little or was it kind of you guys were suddenly really busy having to uh, to help different services getting things on online or how, how did you manage that?
1: Um, yeah, it was quite difficult because, uh, again, you know, we had, the old website which was still running um, we had a you know we've got a web team who managed that content and you know a lot of services that were updating um, their content were updating it on the old website and we had to make sure that was then in sync with um, the new website for when we went live Um, and then in terms of kind of post go live we've merged our both teams for a few months just to make sure that we've you know got that added level of support um, or they've got that added level of support, really. So, in terms of the project team and the content editors from from the project team, they're now working with um, the web team um, to make sure that you know we can kind of get content up quite quickly.
0: And I appreciate this is a massive question, um, but what what's next for for you at the council? I imagine you know content publishing remains incredibly important as we as we come to this next phase in all of this, you know, pandemic pandemic stuff. What's on your radar right now? What kind of things are you are you focusing on?
1: I think in the short term, definitely um, updating our content as, as um, services start to resume, I guess, to some sort of normality, if you can call it that. Um, you know, some, some of our services that we completely stopped are restarting. So, you know, updating content will be definitely a priority in the short term. Uh, in the long term, you know, we're quite, Um, we're at the beginning of our transformation journey or digital transformation journey Um, you know we've got a program of um, resetting and upgrading some of our major platforms so the CMS obviously we've we've just upgraded Um, we are upgrading our CRM platform and our intranet site Um, and then I guess you know what we're starting to do at the moment um, is starting to look at how COVID has impacted our residents and what that means in terms of um, how they interact with the council so we've got a few discovery projects that we're planning at the moment um, understanding um, how we could improve our services um, not only offline but you know um, the online services will be a major part of that as well so actually you know now that we've got this Platform. How can we start making use of it to really address some of those um, issues that our our residents are experiencing through new online services?
0: Uh, I guess now, finally, if there's anything else that you thought worth mentioning that hadn't hadn't asked about,
1: I think I think it's been good to see that um, you know there's been a few new kind of widgets and tools that have been introduced by Jardu, which will kind of support. Um, councils who need to update um, residents around COVID information. Um, so I guess yeah, I, th- I think for us it's it's a matter of you know actually keeping an eye on what's out there really and and how we can start to utilise some of the additional tools um, that we're using. It's it's I guess we're in a kind of time where you know if it was kind of business as usual we'll be kind of steaming ahead with some of those digital transformation projects. We're having to kind of take a step back and really think about, right, how has um, coronavirus impacted our residents? And, you know, as well as changing the way we do things offline, we're going to really need to start thinking about how we change things online. So, you know, any support that you um, can kind of provide us, I guess, so and point and, you know, learning from other councils.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the that's the whole drive I guess with the a lot of what Jardu does is the is the community focused stuff and the sharing of assets and, and information. So that sounds that sounds uh, very good. But the team's treating you okay so far and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, way. it's
1: been it's been great really. Um I think it's a learning curve so so we we're, we're starting to experiment with new things, so directories. We had not migrated any directories across. Um so we're starting to develop my uh, directories. Um so, kind of things like the events calendar, etc. We're going to start to plan to use that as you know. Like I said, you know, all our events pretty much stopped, so all kind of gone digital um, or online. And kind of as we start to plan in more events, you know, for the future, we'll start to use things like that. And I guess it's it's going to be a learning curve for us as well.
0: A massive thank you to Ikram for taking the time to speak with me. It is very much appreciated indeed. As I always end by saying, if you work in digital services for local government or in higher education and can spare the time for a chat for this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at austin at Jardu.co.uk. So that's A-U-S-T-I-N at Jardu.co.uk. If you haven't already, please check out the COVID-19 Community Toolbox by heading to jadu.net slash library slash toolbox. That's all for now. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.